I am debating on how much longer to continue our semi-series on uh, somewhat obscure individuals from the Bible. We've gotten the whole way to the letter M, and that brings us to a man that we've probably heard of, but not spent much time studying his life. How many of you know who Mephibosheth was? And most of you have heard the name. Uh, He is certainly not a main character. He doesn't have a huge part in the Bible. But there's a lot that we can learn and glean from the life of this strange individual. His name actually means uh, against Baal. uh, That uh, he was a fighter against false worship. And uh, that's what his name meant, but uh, he had a very tragic uh, upbringing. Uh, His life was in uh, jeopardy and in what we would call the shadows. But let's just turn to 2 Samuel chapter 4, and uh, there's quite a bit of just um, haze and nebulous concerning the life of this individual But we go to 2 Samuel chapter 4 and verse 4. This is where we're introduced to him. It said, And Jonathan, Saul's son, had a son that was lame of his feet. He was five years old when the tidings came of Saul and Jonathan out of Jezreel. And his nurse took him up and fled. And it came to pass as she made haste to flee that he fell and became lame. And his name was Mephibosheth. And uh, that's really all we're told. We're we're introduced to the house of Saul here. Um, One of the ways that is just simple to characterize this young man was he was a victim of circumstance. Uh, He did nothing as a five-year-old boy to gain this great harm and disability in his life. He was... Lame in both his feet. It's interesting that the very person who was trying to protect him, who had his quote-unquote best interest at hand, was the one that literally destroyed uh, any hope of Mephibosheth leading a normal life. Uh, We did not, uh, they did not have in those days, I mean... Uh, today, it almost seems a, a person who's in a wheelchair or handicapped or has some kind of disability, uh, especially with uh, some of the things that have gone on with the American with Disabilities Act. Some of you have heard that. Uh, I mean, they have sued corporations. Uh, they have made people rebuild buildings. I mean, it's, it's been unbelievable some of the things that have gone on today. And we need to to be kind and helpful, and that's not the issue here. But in Mephibosheth's day, a thousand years before the time of Jesus Christ, a person with disabilities, they were just basically left at home all day. They were uncared for. There was not much they could do. They, for the most part, were uh, had to beg for their living or... Someone uh, provided for them. It was, it was a very difficult life. Mobility. They didn't have wheelchairs. Uh, and by the way, wheelchairs up until just the last few years were something that belonged only to the richest of the rich. 
If you needed one of those things 50 years ago, 60 years ago, you just sat in a chair at home because people didn't have money to buy wheelchairs. In fact, somebody donated us a wheelchair here at the church and said, now take good care of this. This wheelchair is $800. And uh, we found somebody that needed it, somebody with disabilities, couldn't afford one and gave it to them. Uh, that's what you do with things that God gives you. But $800 for a wheelchair, it's crazy. Uh, but he was lame on both of his feet. He was injured as a five-year-old boy. Now, how old are you? Okay, Philip is six, just turned six. Now, could you imagine an injury at that time in life? This was Mephibosheth. He was what we would call a pitiful human being. Someone that deserved our pity and our concern. He did nothing to injure himself. Saul and Jonathan were killed in battle with the Philistines. As they, the tidings come in, the nurse was afraid that the Philistines would be looking for any descendants of Saul to, to put them to death. And so she picked him up and in the process of trying to run out and find a place to hide, which was probably about the dumbest thing you can do in situations like that, but people panic, don't they? And her panic broke both of his legs or injured him in such a way that he would never walk again. We find him a grown man. He had a wife and a son, and somehow he had some kind of subsistence. We don't know what that was, but we go forward here to Second uh, Samuel chapter 9 and verse 1. And David said, Is there yet any that is left of the house of Saul that I may show him kindness for Jonathan's sake? Now, David had finally been established in the kingdom. He had made a promise to Jonathan that he would do nothing to injure his prosperity and he would take care of them. And so he said, now that I'm finally in the kingdom, now that I'm not at war with the house of Saul anymore, he said, who can I show kindness to for Jonathan's sake? Now, it's interesting the first place he went. And uh, he met a man named Ziba. Now, we could probably get M and Z. Now, how many of you knew who Ziba was? Ah, now we're picking real obscure people. But Ziba was a very important player in this whole situation. He was Saul's servant. Now, when Saul died, Saul's property didn't die with him. Jonathan should have inherited it, but where was Jonathan? He was killed on the battlefield along with four other sons of Saul. Ishbosheth was set up as a puppet government by Abner for a couple of years, but Ishbosheth was killed. And so all of the sons of Saul were gone. And Saul's land was still there. Guess who was taking care of Saul's land? Ziba, his head servant. He was doing pretty well for himself. We'll find out he had 15 sons and... and uh, he had a big family, and uh, I can tell you, when you have a big family, you've got to have a lot of food. And uh, where did he get that? Well, he was taking care of all that belonged to King Saul. 
In fact, where was Mephibosheth? Well, we find him in the city of Lodabar. Now, Lodabar didn't belong to Benjamin. It was not and could not be on the property that was Saul's family inheritance. It was across Jordan, probably in the same city where the nurse had fled to when he was five years old in fear of the Philistines. She crossed over Jordan there into that uh, the land of Manasseh, and that's where we find Mephibosheth. He was a victim of circumstances. He was ignored by his grandfather's servant. Now, when things like this happen to people, what's the normal response? Bitterness. Life isn't fair. Uh, We call it a welfare mentality. You don't have to be on welfare to have a welfare mentality. It is the idea that everybody should do something for you. Now, of course, Mephibosheth, if people didn't move him, how did he move? He didn't. Uh, If you can't walk, how many of you have ever been in a situation where you couldn't walk for a certain period of time? Uh, Let's not get gross here, but uh, how did you take a bath? You had to have somebody give you a hand. That's embarrassing. And you can get used to depending upon everybody to do something for you. That is what we mean by the welfare mentality, where you, you begin to expect people to do things for you. Brother Clayton explained to me one time, he said, Now, Pete, if you're on the road a long time, praise God, it was only two years, uh, then I got married... He said, but you'll have to be careful because when you go to churches, people like to do things for you. And if you're not careful, you'll get expecting it and that'll hurt your ministry. I said, well, yeah, it can happen to anybody. Um, I'm sorry, it just popped into my head, Nancy Pelosi. Uh, <laughs> has anybody heard some of those stories about how she's hired a staff to keep her private plane waiting for her and have dinners prepared that she doesn't show up for. And that is a welfare mentality. Even if you're the Madam Speaker, it's the, it is a welfare mentality. And I want to challenge you today, Mephibosheth didn't do that. That is a great testimony to the character of this otherwise unknown Man, amen. He got himself a family. He established himself. He was doing and living life as much as could be lived by a man who was lame in both of his feet. He was ignored by his father's, his grandfather's servant. He had apparently no part in the inheritance, the land. They should have went to Mephibosheth. They should have belonged to him. But instead, he was living in Manasseh. I'll guarantee he wasn't living as well in Lodabar as he could have on his grandfather's townhouse out in the country where the king used to live. You know who was living like the king? Ziba the servant, not Mephibosheth the heir. But can we learn another great lesson from life? Life isn't fair, is it? Very few times do things happen the way they ought to. 
and you can get upset and, and start looking at yourself and, oh, woe is me. Or we can just do like Mephibosheth did and keep serving God. Now, there was something that was going to happen to Mephibosheth that he was totally unprepared for. There was going to be a knock at the door. There was animals to carry him upon and his family. There was messengers from the king, and the king said, "We, wa- I want to see you. Now, of course, here you are. You've lived your entire life as a lame man, not able to provide. You've been ignored by your grandfather's servant, uh, actually pushed off your own inheritance. All of these bad things had happened to Mephibosheth, and now he gets an order to stand before the king. The same king that had fought against his father's house. Many people had died in those battles in that seven years while David reigned in Hebron and his uncle Isposheth reigned in the, uh, uh, in, in the land of Benjamin. He was afraid. And, but look what it says that he did. They brought him in and we come here to verse... Uh, six. It says, Now when Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, was come unto David, he fell on his face and did reverence. He couldn't bow because he couldn't stand up. He couldn't walk. So he falls on his face and does reverence to King David. And David said, Mephibosheth. And he answered, Behold thy servant And David said unto him, Fear not, for I will surely show thee kindness for Jonathan thy father's sake, and will restore thee all the land of Saul thy father, and thou shalt eat bread at my table continually. And he bowed himself and said, What is thy servant, that thou shouldest look upon such a dead dog as I am? Then the king called Ziba. Saul's servant, and said unto him, I have given unto thy master's son all that pertaineth to Saul and to all his house. Thou therefore and thy sons and thy servants shall till the land for him, and thou shalt bring in the fruits that thy master's son may have food to eat. But Mephibosheth, thy master's son, shall eat bread alway at my table. Now Ziba had fifteen sons and twenty servants. Not doing too bad for a servant, was he? He was, he was living pretty good as a servant of the king. And he lost everything that day. It all now belonged to Mephibosheth, the man that he rightfully should have sought out and become the servant of and did not. But we'll see that Ziba still going to try to get his revenge. Ziba is one of those guys you got to watch out for. And Mephibosheth just couldn't believe it. Now, let's just spend a few minutes thinking about this. You see, the manners and the customs of those days were a little different than ours are today. If you had some horrible disease or problem that disfigured you, Guess where you didn't show up? In public. You weren't invited to any of the public dinners. You weren't, you weren't allowed to come. In fact, the, the law 
forbid a priest that had any deformity, physical deformity, from actually serving in the priesthood. Uh, there was a lot put on appearance. Brother Clayton preached a sermon one time about the long tablecloth at the king's table. Just a beautiful picture. You see, normally a man like Mephibosheth would never sit at the king's table because lame people weren't invited there. This was a good time. This was a this was a time of the best that the kingdom had to offer. And people who reminded others of their infirmities and sicknesses and things were just excluded from the company so that you didn't think about those things. Now, we say that is so mean and cruel. and Well, it may or may not have been any of those things or all of those things. That's not the issue. It's going to be very hard for us living in the 21st century to go back to 10 centuries before Jesus lived and understand everything that went on in their day and in their life. This was just the way things were. So you know what would happen before dinner every night? Mephibosheth would be seated at the table before anybody else got in there. Could you imagine how he must have felt as his deformity was all covered up and no one looked at him askance? And Who was going to say anything against a man that was invited to eat at the king's table as his own son? Now, here's the picture. Do we deserve to eat at the king's table? Are we a victim of circumstance? We were born sinners, weren't we? Yet, not only were we born sinners, we chose sin. And its deformity has affected us and will affect us until the day we die and we get our glorified bodies in heaven. But the king says, you can eat at my table as my own son because I loved you. Isn't that a beautiful... That's what Mephibosheth helps us to see. And not all that happened to Mephibosheth was wonderful. He was slandered by Ziba when David was chased out of the city of... uh, of Jerusalem by Absalom. This was later in his life. And and uh, Ziba meets David just a little way beyond and he has animals and and supplies. And, and uh, David says, where's Mephibosheth? And he says, oh, he's glad that you're leaving Jerusalem. He thinks that the house of Saul is going to be restored to the kingdom and and that Absalom's going to be a lot better king than you ever were. And David, you know, Ziba knew how to put the words right where they belonged. And David said, okay, well then, everything that belongs to the house of Saul goes to you. And Ziba said, may I find grace in your sight. Dirty, cheating, lying, no good for nothing servant was going to inherit the entire house of Saul. But then David saw the error of his ways when he came back and there was Mephibosheth. He had done nothing. He hadn't taken a bath since David left town, left, was chased out of the city of Jerusalem. 
Now, we read these stories, and it happened in just a few chapters, but I, I want you to understand something. You didn't call all Israel together to battle in a week. This was a period of months that these things went on. Mephibosheth didn't dress his feet. He was doing nothing to hide his deformity at this time. And when David saw him, I mean, he must have been a sight. He didn't trim his beard. He didn't do anything to take care of himself at all. And David ends by saying, Didn't I say you and Ziba would divide the land? And here was Mephibosheth's plea. Let's, let's go and look at his words here. And uh, I think the jury is still out as to whether, uh, and it's really immaterial as to whether Ziba got anything. We don't know for sure. The Bible just is kind of silent on that. But look at verse 27. He tells David, he said, And he has slandered thy servant unto my lord the king, but my lord the king is as an angel of God. Do therefore what is good in thine eyes. For all of my father's house were but dead men. Before my lord the king, yet didst thou set thy servant among them that did eat at thy own table. What right, therefore, have I yet to cry any more unto the king? And the king said, Why speakest thou any more of these matters? I have said, Thou and Ziba divide the land. And Mephibosheth said unto the king, Yea, let him take all, forasmuch as my lord the king is come again in peace unto his own house. Oh, I'm sorry, that was chapter 19. Chapter 19, verse 27. And we just read 27 through 30. And King David doesn't speak again after Mephibosheth said, just give it all to Ziba. Now, one commentator pointed it out that Solomon did a very similar thing just a few years after this event, when two women brought their children, one child to Solomon and said, this child's mine. No, it's mine. And what did Solomon say? He said, well, okay, well, we'll divide the child in half. And the mother said, no, give it to her. And here we see something very similar. David gives Mephibosheth an opportunity to plead for himself and plead for his rights. And what does Mephibosheth say? He said, it's up to you, king. I have no right to plead anything. If you want to take away all the land and give it to Ziba, that's certainly within your realm of authority. Now, the Bible's silent as to what actually happened. It doesn't give us any detail here. I have a strange feeling that Ziba got a rather unwanted message rather quickly after this event. What do you think? You don't. And this is something that we need to learn as Christians. Things are changing in this country. Changing very dramatically, very drastically. You are not going to be the servant of God and protect yourself against what is happening in our society. Self-defense is one of the first human reactions. And it will also get you into more trouble than you'll never know how to get out of. If God's not going to protect you, are you going to protect you? 
And let's look at Mephibosheth. He was a man who could do nothing for himself. He's a perfect picture of us today as sinners in the kingdom of the Father. Amen? And yet, through the finished work of Jesus Christ, we're brought to the table as if nothing was ever wrong. The Bible calls it justification. Amen? Just as if I never sinned. And if you can't be satisfied with Jesus and Him only, that's Mephibosheth at the end of his life, there's going to be a lot of problems and a lot of strife that doesn't need to be there. Do we see that? He said, King, you take care of it. He said, I'm just going to trust the king to make the right decision. And I think David had a little bit of time after this whole thing sorted out to think through these things and to understand that Mephibosheth was not trying to usurp and rebel against the king. And But if Mephibosheth had stood for himself and stood up for his rights and demanded and all of this, what would the king have thought? He would have thought, surely he's guilty of everything Ziba said. When you defend yourself, you often dig your own grave, don't you? Do you know what lawyers say? He who defends himself has a fool for a lawyer. Because, listen, our king knows everything. Amen? He knows what goes on in our hearts. He knows our every weakness. He knows our every failure. Yet he still loves us and wants us to sit at the table. And where did Mephibosheth sit and eat when David was restored to the kingdom? Same place he always had, at the king's table where he belonged. Amen? Wonderful, wonderful life. And it's one of those things that we just kind of skip over in the Bible when we talk about Mephibosheth. But he was the one that that God brought in to the king's table. He restored the honor that was due him, that was taken away by some things he had no control over. Now, if Mephibosheth had gotten all worried about himself and had some big pity party and gotten despondent, and things would not have happened the way they did. If he had tried to defend himself he'd have gotten into a lot more trouble. But he just trusted the king. And I can't prove it. I'm not trying to tell you what actually happened. But David rescinded half of what he had given to Ziba right there on the spot. Given a little bit of time to think about things, I I just wonder if things didn't continue as they had before the rebellion of Absalom, and Ziba was back to being a servant again where he belonged. Amen? Let's serve the Lord. Mephibosheth. A lot to learn from a lame man. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you 
for these stories that are in the Scripture. And Lord, I just pray that we have not gone beyond the limits of Your Word and put our own ideas in there. Yet, Lord, it's plain to see there's a lot of silence involved here. And Lord, we just pray that we would learn what we need to learn. Lord, we pray that You would work in our hearts and lives. Lord, when things are discouraging and things are not working and and we get have a tendency just to allow circumstances to overwhelm us, Lord, just bring back into our memories the servants walking that lame man in and setting him at the table and covering those lame legs before anyone else was there to see. Lord, let us remember the great love wherewith You have loved us. You have made us accepted as the very sons of the King. Lord, we look forward to sitting at Your table and enjoying Your bounties for all eternity. Yet, Lord, never let us think that we deserve these things other than by Your righteousness and Your goodness to us. Help us to trust only You when things go on around us that we have no control over that we feel like we're being slandered and we're being hurt, let us look to the King. In Your name we pray. Amen. Let's take just a moment.